Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes. On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Nick Eleven, writer, producer, director, singer, and also DJ. We're going to talk about the new single, Pillow Talk, how it is just igniting dance floors and getting people excited in the EDM dance music world so we got a lot to talk about nick so welcome to the show thank you thank you so much for having me do you like when people abbreviate and just call you nick yeah that's cool please you, you can leave me alone now <laughs> we're like well, old friends already you're you're all you're so larger than life you know I, I, it's almost like um you know the name fits you perfectly you know when i see your image and your music it just seems like you have to have a name that is beyond this world. Uh, yeah, well, I uh, I love having people say, oh, well, are you, are, are you into numerology? And it's not numerology for me. It's just like this whole kind of like the 1111 has always meant something to me. And I always believe that the universe or angels that are guiding you are are kind of like are with you and they're letting you know hey i am with you by like throwing these numbers at you and all my life it's just it's kind of been that way with me like that guidance so i always like to have numbers in my the titles of my song as well as like my name right well do you ever wake up in, in the middle of the night and then look over at the clock and it says 11 11 yes a lot. Yes, it happens a lot. And you know what else? Like the 222 and the 333. And um, yeah, it always makes you stop for a second and really think about your life, what's happening, um, the universe. And it, it really, it gives you a, a second because life is constantly, you're, you're in your brain a lot, right? So when absolutely. You, when you see those numbers, it does, or I advise people to take a moment and kind of be in a, a higher consciousness and really feel that energy and let it speak to you. Well, I like this because it seems like a theme that runs through everything you do, which I think gives you an authenticity. It just seems like, you know, your music is an extension of your, you know, philosophy, your lifestyle, your fashion. It just seems like this is something you live 24-7. It, it kind of is. Um, but I, I want to say that because I want to seem really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I really am not. When I am performing, it is. It is. I am in the moment because that is my, um, it's my calling. But I live a very simple life. And I always try to maintain some form of like, like meditation and um, an awareness of like just who I am as an individual to keep me like grounded and which helps the music. You like the mission has always been to um, reach the outreach of others and the unity of others. And um, yeah. But but being in this business, it kind of takes you away from that whole like, oh, it is. It's just a business. It's really hard 
to get break through that business part and really focus on why you're doing it in the first place. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it makes you, um, it, um, it's bothersome a lot, uh, but you have to just have this, this will beyond belief of what you're doing and the mission behind it. And it's well, just- with what you're doing, you know, as both uh, an artist and a DJ, you know, you're setting the tone for the nightclub. And, I, and one thing I really liked about your previous video, Kickback, which was such a great throwback to the rave scene of the 90s and, you know, so much of that look and fashion. But, you know, you're really crafting an experience for people. Thank you. I kind of like create every time I create a song and then I, 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 I immediately, well, not immediately, but um, this, these images come in my head and I just, I just start like automatically producing the music video or the visual of the music video in my head. And I just start writing things down and, um, but yet I kind of wanted to like, through my music videos, creating these characters, it represents the visual of each individual song, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, and then I also want to like provide the audience of this is what you will get in a live show. Um, this, these are the things because it's it's about a brand for me. It's about creating this the character and really making it a part of the brand. And the brand isn't one particular character, which seems crazy. It's it's about entertaining the audience. Mm-hmm. How did you first get involved with EDM? Um, it was just undeniable for me. Um, all these electric, uh, or it's not electric, um, electronic sounds are were always heavily influenced when I heard them, no matter what it is. I would like kind of analyze other songs that were I would hear growing up. And um, what, and I would say, well, what do I, what is it that I like about song? What is it that I like about this brand? And um, it just kind of really um, gave me like this print of what I wanted to accomplish and what I wanted to do. And I just found that like, I, I couldn't lie to myself and do any other type of music because this is, this is the music for me anyways that makes me feel, that makes me unite with others. If you think about it, all different types of genres, like music in general, it's pretty much the only thing without speaking, it's, it's, that can really bring people together, unify to get everyone and, and make people just feel instead of overthinking everything. And um, it's a time and place where you can bring people together in one room and say, hey, we are all the same. We are born alone and we die alone. And it really is about touching the spirit. And that's music does that for me. And I think it really does that for others. They just need to tap into it more and say, you know, I would really like to, to feel good today. <laughs> well, one part I like about your background I know I would call it 
dance music adjacent, but you had some heavy duty experience in the hardcore funk world. I did. George Clinton was actually my very first producer. And wait one second. Let's see. He's my very which first thrilled, producer. Which thrilled me to no end when I uh, saw that in your bio. You know, and if, and you know, I assume everyone knows who he is, but you know, for those who don't, you know, Parliament Funkadelic, you know, George well, I don't Clinton. think a lot of the younger generations don't know that. I mean, honestly, even when I met the the king of funk, I didn't know who he was, but mm -hmm. uh, I was educated. My history, or not my history, but I was immediately, you know, taught the history of of the brand and who he was and how he was like the first. And you can't help but respect that. And he just taught me so much. And, they, you know, I have to say, you know, like growing up in that atmosphere of like who he was and he taught me so much about branding and he didn't, not about music because mm -hmm. the music didn't fit with who I was as a person. Um, but I appreciate the the knowledge of marketing and branding and knowing the business and knowing what to watch out for. And I think he always knew I would go into another direction because um, it was a good start and it was a good platform and I'm forever grateful for him and I will always do anything for him and the, um, and the funk. But um, it's funny you mentioned branding and George Clinton yeah. because in, in the late, it it's, right? in the, and what he was doing in the late seventies, there was such this sci-fi connection with funk, you know, and, and the starship connection and all that. And do you think that maybe subconsciously influenced, you know, your extraterrestrial goddess, you know, persona in the pillow talk video? I think, I really think subconsciously it is because a lot of times I'm, I'm making music and like George just, um, he had, I had a lot of stories. He told me a lot of stories about the things in his past about like with Lucy Collins and the things they experienced together. Um, he told me this crazy story, but like you couldn't help, you can't help but like remember these because they're so outrageous. Like he said, him and Lucy Collins back in the day would, they were, I don't know where they were going or what they, uh, what they were smoking. I just add as well, but <laughs> they were like, they said they were, they got out of the, this vehicle. And then because they heard that they saw these lights and they saw this spaceship come down and he says he just never forgot it. And it was like, it was, it was almost like, like that's what he kind of like saw as as a like he really saw this so that brought the whole visual of the mothership it was it the 80s or the 90s that that whole there's like a there was a stage show where this mothership comes down and it was like the the beginning of 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 the funk or the touring of the funk and flashlight and those those old school songs that hit like pretty cool stuff um, but yeah, there's like a real, there's real stories behind the brand of uh, of the George when he first started. Can it's, you I remember? Someday, well, or like, 
I had well, that I had the opportunity a couple of years ago to sit down with him because I really wanted to do I think yeah it was at the Prince side so I'm not sure what year that was um I just wanted to sit down with him and really get his thoughts of um of Prince his past the things he went through and I wanted it to be all about him mm-hmm. and not anything else and so yeah I'm I curious. have a lot of raw Right. So, Nick, what did you do for George Clinton? Were you in his oh, band, was, or what did you do? He was my producer. He he put me in the studio. He produced a couple tracks for me, and he was just like, trust me, and you'll fly, you know? Like, I think it, his intentions were always to, like, put me on, like, this big label and and do some, <clears throat> yeah. Or did he, like, discover you? Did, did he discover you? Did he discover you yeah, and like I, kind of make you his protege? Um. Well, I think he saw the branding in me, me being mm-hmm. this little white girl from Detroit. And, um, but like I was introduced to him. I was actually, you know, I put this demo, this CD together and he got a hold of it through a promoter that used to be with him back in the day. And he was just like, I would like to, you know, maybe put a, a demo together with, with this girl. And so that's how it started. It was like, it, I was introduced by somebody else that was in the business. Cause I was like, you, what, a, what a unique thing to happen. That it was weird. Like I was so doing pageants. Believe this or not. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm even telling you this. I was doing like pageants and, um, and acting and stuff. And mm-hmm. that's how I met this guy, but because this guy was a director in this movie that I did. And he was just like, oh, you do music too? I'm like, yeah, you know, I love music. It's really why I'm doing everything else because it's just about networking for me. And I knew that at a very young age that it's who you know and it's networking and trying to get where you need to go through other people and networking and yeah, and branding yourself. So yeah, and that's oh. why I met George. Isn't that a crazy story if you think about it? Well, I love that that you are a pageant girl. Oh God, no! <laughs> so do, do, do you remember? Do you remember the names of any interesting pageants you were in? Uh, no, I don't. I will never ever tell. <laughs> you just blocked that out of your head. Yeah. Well, another thing I had to uh, when you told the Bootsy question or the Bootsy story, and then the UFO. Have you ever seen a UFO? Um, I don't think so. Um, I definitely believe in, in aliens and, um, everything that's happening. I like the humanoids. I really believe like humanoids are going to take over. Um, like you just see it with the whole AI, like AI is already taking over whether you want it to or not. If you don't get on board with AI, you're, you're going to just be like left in the dark and, I don't know. It's just scary. So it, it, it is scary, but if you kind of use it for your advantage or, or, or embrace it in certain ways, I think you can just kind of go with the flow of everything and just, it'll be, it'll be okay. <laughs> I want to say that the the robots and the humanoids that, that kind of scares me only because I feel like there's not, um, let's just say, you know, something happens and it like turns on you right so you're gonna give these humanoids these robots these all this um 
this this programmed intelligence and what's to say things aren't going to go wrong because it definitely could i mean for example you know cars this is not the right example but like everything breaks once in a while right so what makes you think that these humanoids aren't you know going to break or get a little twitch where you got to fix or you can't fix and it turns on you and kills your ass <laughs> you know i mean who knows what's going to happen but yeah, it's kind of scary to think that this is the direction that our society, our world is going in and we have no choice. It is. It's just going to. And, and is it going that in that direction because of greed and power? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, but uh, you just have to kind of like not overthink it and um, live your life the best you can and maybe maybe not jump on board and live your life the best you you can and yeah and just have gratitude every day about the things that are happening in your life i definitely see the influence of ai in your video and even on your uh, record cover it had it reminded me of uh, remember the bionic <laughs> woman like you know 45 years ago people are trying to think you know what would robotics be for people and now all these years later it just seems so much closer to happening now do you did you feel like you wanted to just kind of get a jump on it you know instead of fighting it just incorporate it um well my love for it it was a passion my love for having having it involved somehow um it wasn't the ai thing for me at first it was just the visual of kind of letting people know that this is possible, this is happening. Um, and whether you, like I, like I said, whether you, whether you want it to or not. And it was kind of a beautiful visual and yeah, it's just a leg, but <laughs> it's just like, it was. You know, well, you know what you looked like it, it at first glance, it was kind of Lady Gaga you know, very glamorous, but also cutting edge. But do you remember about, I don't know, 12 or so years ago when Christina Aguilera did the album, she called it Bionic? Do you remember no, that? I don't remember that. You're it kind of rem reminded me of that. Yeah, and I think it, it's so timely now, but you did it in such a, a very feminine and stylish way. Like, Like, how did you create that record cover? Oh God, it's a process. And of course, a lot of Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really, at first, I just, I just wanted it to be extremely sensual because the song is so sensual and sexy. I wanted to give that respect to Sylvia Robinson and, and, but just do it in more my style. Um, like, so I, I contacted of a friend of mine who used to be a playboy photographer and he he just has a way of capturing the beauty of a woman of course i mean that's why he did what he did but like the real beauty the inner beauty and the sensuality of a woman and um i always trusted him with like photos and headshots and and just um yeah, and so he was just the one I knew from the get-go. He was the one. And he's also, he's so in love with, like, um, not necessarily AI, but he, but with, like, the whole 
robotics and um yeah like all that insane futuristic stuff so mm -hmm. i i gave him I, I told him my idea and he was just like oh my god i can't wait he couldn't wait to work to work on this project so um yeah and it's so crazy because he's the one which he's not a he's not a videographer at all he's a photographer a still photographer like he does not move um but he always captures the these beautiful candid shots and so i came to him later on and said i know you already did the cover um but i don't see anyone else capturing what i'm trying to capture with the music video and he's like i've never done some of them i was like i was like i believe in you i believe in you because i know you have the eye i go i i think through my direction that we can accomplish this so i i did i i, I flew to detroit and we just we did everything in one day we had multiple locations and I uh, did my own makeup. I did my own everything, and um, I directed him. And I and I just you, like you really do have to have like some form like a theatrical background, which I do. And I was able to really kind of like this is what I need you to do. I need you to like move around, kind of like I, I want to call it guerrilla style because that's like an old type of filming, but like you know just really like moving that camera around, really get the 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 way the body's moving and and what you see that you like narrow in on that and like and then go back we need different shots we so i tried to kind of like let him know i want candid shots completely but they're visual they're they're it's a movement it's like it's a it's like a candid movement shot that makes no sense at all <laughs> what i just said but he he gets me he got it he knows because he's so god he's insanely creative his name is Sam Ting. And the uh, effects never overshadowed your glamour. You know, you're still front and center there. Yeah. And then through that, I just, I kept meeting people. I was like, okay, so who can help me edit this the way I need it to be edited to really tell the story? And this, and the more, you know, it was chopped up, the more I, I these, I, I found all the right parts that I really wanted to, to be a part of the actual music video because there was so much footage. And um, then I started working with another editor and I was like, I really need to add like this whole like um, alien thing. And because this is what, this is what the storyline is. <laughs> and he, I, I actually thought it was pretty cool. Um, so I worked with him and then, it, then in my own little head is just like, hey, I need, I want this whole AI visual as well. And then so I contacted another editor who uh, kind of specializes in AI. And he's like, he's never done anything like this, but he put his heart and soul into the final editing, the AI editing. And um, it, it was amazing. Like he, he, he was so grateful that I made him a part of this because it was so cool. And I was so grateful that he did such a great job with it, right? Because you never know what you're gonna get when you when you throw your like your baby at someone. And he just he just he figured it out, you know, through a couple of times over and I would look at it, I would edit it myself and I'd throw it back at him and um, give him some more ideas. 
God, it, it was just, it was magical. It really was. It was, it, it, I was, it, I'm extremely, I'm extremely proud of what or how it, how it came out. I couldn't have asked for anything better. I really couldn't for the people and the people that were involved, just really beautiful, amazing people, spirited, amazing people. So that's, what's so cool, right? You want to work with people like that. And now in just two weeks, what it has over 93,000 views on YouTube. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Cause as an indie yeah. artist, it's, you, you just never know what people are going to, you know, appreciate or, 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 or think is cool or hate or whatever, you know, you know, you get some comments every now and then like, this is stupid. What are you thinking? But you're going to get haters no matter what. Um, yeah, but I especially, think. Well, especially when you try something new, you know, yeah. you're, you're trying to do something exciting. I am. I mean, but I'm coming from my heart always. I'm coming from my creative, my creative self. And if do you think, people... do you think sometimes it takes people a little longer to catch up with you? Um, I don't think anyone can. <laughs> I've always been so honest with my my thoughts and my creativity that I don't even know if I'm ahead of the curve, you know? I just can't help it. Um so yeah, and you can't fake that, right? So you can't you can't fake it and I have to throw out one other statistic. So the extended mix of pillow talk over 700,000 streams on Spotify now. Yeah. That's so don't cool. you think that, that that speaks above all? Yeah, it does. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. You get so kind of when you release things, you get so caught up in the business side that um, you you forget about why you released it in the first place. Right. Well, did George Clinton give you any advice on that? He put out so much stuff and, you know, he, he, when you have that long of a career, you go through ups and downs. What did he tell you? You know, what's a good long-term strategy? Um, God, he, he just, I just remember a lot of things. I mean, he's not someone that I talk to very often. I'm, I, I'll go and see him like at a show and, and hang out with him maybe like once a year. Um, but if anything, I want to make him proud because I feel that I've, he did so much for me. And even though I've done all the work, but just the believing in me, believing in me and seeing something in me that I didn't even know was there. And I'll never forget that. I always, I, you know, I'm an extremely hard worker. And when someone does see something in me or does, or does something for me like that, he didn't have to like take me on and, and, and like throw me in the studio and try to make something happen or throw me on stage and give me that, that, that experience. Right. But he he mm -hmm. he saw something in me that I didn't yet. I knew what I wanted, but I'm right. I'm, you know, you get insecure. You're scared. You don't know. You've never been thrown into these situations. You're a teenager. 
So it's just kind of like, okay, um, I, I, I'm doing it and I'm going to embrace it, right? But he always had so much confidence in me that it made me confident in myself. So he made me, he gave me the confidence to know that anything was possible. And, yeah. but he also taught me about, like I said, he's, he was like, this is a business. This is a business. And, but the, for the love of the music, you have got to know the business, the marketing, the branding. He was like, do you think I like walking around with all these colors in my hair and all these extensions <laughs> and I was just like listening and I'm like, oh my goodness, right? He, he's been marketing and branding himself from the get-go. And um, it's so cool because I do, I do have that kind of like that business mind of not just like the music business, just like, you know, what, what works, what doesn't marketing. And um, it's, it's just cool. It's just really cool. Like he always reassured me that you can be creative, but you have to know the business and the people that you run into. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, um, bad influences within this industry, not music, but film, everything, uh, a lot of greed, a lot of, uh, mm, a lot of drugs. And, you know, there's a, just a ton of things that don't don't let yourself be a part of it. You know, if you see it, if you sense it, you can escape it. Don't be a part of it. You don't have to. And um, yeah, I just always kept all of that in mind. That's why it seems extra valuable when you do find someone like George Clinton that you can trust and really respect their opinion. Doesn't yeah. it? just seem that much more valuable after you go through the yes people the people who just feed your ego the people who are jealous and want to rip you down you must really you know just admire that these people who you know have done what you want to do oh oh god yeah yeah for sure um i like that and here, here's the other thing i i have to get this out before i forget so first time you heard atomic dog what was your reaction? Um, <laughs> I don't want to like, I don't, I don't want to say anything bad. It's, it's very catchy. It's very catchy. It's, you know it's what, an amazing song. You know what people love about Atomic Dog? They love the hook. Yep. They love the, 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 that one thing that they can sing to, which is bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay, bow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay. That is... Um, that's what they love. They love the hook. It's this, this, uh, looped, amazing little loop of like, what the hell are we saying right now? We don't care, but it's fun to say, <laughs> right? And I really think, think that's why people um, love that song. Oh my it's, God. Well, you, you probably so weren't even born when it came out. No, I was not. <laughs> Well, I, I, I did just had hear to... it and I no, I kept on my own research, like especially you know, I was I had to, out of respect, you know, you, you don't do all this work for somebody and not give them the respect, right? Like so, like when you was. when you work with someone like George and then started to listen to their back catalog, did that influence your pr production with him? Like, did you say, hey? I heard this little riff on, on one of your albums. 
Can we do something like that in the studio? Um, no, I'm sorry. I didn't. Well, that's I okay. Didn't. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah, I've, that's one thing that, um, that was kind of clashy. Like, I always been in love with electronic music and I think that, um, it was all marketing and branding and, uh, there was no common interest or for collaboration when it came to the music. There was always respect and I just kind of sat back and, and, and went with what was happening, but I didn't get, it doesn't mean it's not good. I just didn't understand it the way I should have or wanted to. Do you, do you think, because my like love working with always... you doing the what but do you think being in the studio do you think being in the studio with you influenced george to want to incorporate more edm in his music well i know that it might have uh it i know he's done some collaborations with a lot of cool djs um but I think he's trying, he was just trying to get on board with, with the times, you know, I don't know. Well, that's important. That's important because you, you are, you are this youthful, you know, of the moment performer. And I think a lot of people, you know, we forget as we get older, you know, how exciting it is, you know, to be right on top of the current trends. Is that something you try to stay on top of? Um, me um yeah no i don't uh i'd like to say yes you know i copycat other people but again i just i just go with whatever i'm feeling and thinking and yeah and it, it was it's really hard too because like you know people want to like i i don't want to i don't want to say stereotype but they just want to like kind of fit you into a certain genre and you can't because every song is so different. I'm always within the electronic genre, and we like to say the EDM, but it has to just be called dance music to me mm -hmm. because it makes will make you want to dance. But it's not necessarily that whole you know DJ DJ style with that with with vocals or no vocals or usually most DJs don't have a lot of vocals in their tracks. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it sounds like you want to keep it loose enough that you can evolve and, and as long as it's dance but you can evolve your individual sound yeah i don't want to kill the electronic track with like too many vocals but there are there are ways of creating the vocal to where the vocal will fit the sound and it just becomes its own instrument within mm -hmm within the other stems you get it nice well before we uh, wrap up and go into our final section where i want to talk more about pillow talk and, and sylvia uh uh tell people where do they find you you've got a great uh you've got spotify you've got youtube you've got a website where should people go to learn more about your music about my music um you know i would i would recommend my youtube channel i really would 
because they're not just my music is about the visual it really is and the brand behind the music it is it's it's, it's a the youtube channel is gosh what is it? i think it's nik1111 but if you just google youtube nick11 it'll pop right up and all the music videos are right there along with all the tracks that i've released and it's cool because you start to appreciate the music more when you see the visual right in front of you Mm -hmm. Excellent advice, and I encourage people to watch all of them, not just Pillow Talk, but Kickback was such a big production, too. Thank you. It was. It was. It was about, again, creating unity. When I uh, filmed and directed and cast it, I casted it by myself, and I just said, come as you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you look like. I don't care if you think you have talent or you don't. Um, I don't care. You know, I just wanted people to feel that they could be a part of something and not be insecure about what they don't have, right? Or what they think they're not good at. I don't want, I didn't, I didn't want any judgment because that business, especially acting or whatever, um, it's just like the way you look. And I had, you know, I had to go through that all my life being judged. You're not good enough. You're, you're, you're not pretty enough, you don't have this, you're not tall enough, you're not skinny enough, you're not blah, 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 blah. And it's really a really terrible um, way to kind of like, to like uh, grow up. Um, so I wanted to give people the opportunity to really be themselves and know they are accepted no matter what they look like or who they are. And um, I would just want them to be a part of it. And that's that's what I'm really proud of with that music video. That, but do you think that's part of the allure of the dance music scene, especially yeah, the clubs? Because don't you think you get to like reinvent yourself when you go out? Mm, I do. And you just hope people get it. And if they don't, it's okay. You know, they don't have to. But at least I had the opportunity to... Uh, maybe have them be a part of something or be a part of my life that means so much to me and the things that I create. You know, and sometimes when you're down, you know, just putting on a, a little glitter, going out to the <laughs> clubs, meeting your friends, and suddenly you don't feel so down anymore. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to do drugs to be happy, you know, and a lot of people, you know, think they do or they have to suppress the things that are bothering them through a drug, and you don't. You just um, have to listen to, listen to some good music and be a part of people that get you. You know, when you go to clubs, you know, the people you only see at the club, they're like your club friends. And, uh, you know, you know, everything is situational in life. You've got your family, your friends, but there's something special about your club friends, you know? I guess so, but I think it's kind of cool if you go to a club, sure you can meet your friends there, but to go out onto the dance floor when you feel something that you just can't explain and go out there by yourself and you'll find you'll meet more people and more friends because they're feeling the same thing you are. They're feeling that energy that they can't explain that only the mm -hmm. DJ can give them. 
when you go and hear a song and someone else likes that song, that's such a shortcut. You already have that bond with them. Yeah. So Pillow Talk, boy, did you reinvent this song. I do know the original version by Sylvia, another, you know, R&B legend. Mm -hmm. when, did, when did you first hear, hear her version of that? I was in L.A. and um, I didn't know about the song. I had never heard the song. Uh, there was this promoter friend of mine that I was having lunch with in L.A. And he just he had heard other tracks of mine. And he goes, you know, there's just something about your voice that I just screams this this uh, woman. Call Her name is Sylvia Robinson. And she did this song called Pillow Talk. And I'm like, okay. He was like, there's this guy. His name is Chico Bennett that I just kind of want to introduce you to, which I had never heard of Chico either. Um, but he was like, let me just give him a call and see if, you know, we can do like an introduction and see if we could do like a collaboration. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, he literally called him while I was at lunch with them and said, hey, do you want to... Um, you know, do a Google search on Nick 11 and see what you think about uh, her voice. And I just have this idea for you guys for a collaboration. And it was just like, it was a very cool moment because I didn't know what I was getting into, but obviously someone else saw something or heard something in me that said, you know what, this would really work. Is this guy, he, you know, he kind of had an ear for things. And yeah, it was pretty crazy. And I within like, I think, a couple days I was in the studio with Chico. He's also in LA. And we banged out a dance track within 24 hours. It was oh cool. And Chico's amazing. Like he's so professional and he's um you, you know, when you collaborate with something, someone, you never know what you're gonna get. And you don't wanna like you don't wanna like step on each other's toes. You want them to have that just as much input as you. But, you know, you have to respect that, that, um, like, his experience. Like, I had no clue. Like, he, he was, Chico's one of the, he was discovered by Prince at 19. And, oh yeah, and he's worked with everyone from Britney Spears to you name it. And um, I just knew I was in, like, these amazing hands. And, like, I didn't want to overstep that, right? You know, he's got way more experience than me. And I kind of just sat back and was just like, I just let him take the lead and just give me like what he was feeling for the track. And we just did this wonderful, beautiful, but he was, you know, respectful to me to know like, you know, I want to hear your input. I want to hear what you think. And we did, we went through back and forth with a lot of different um, mixes of the song and different sounds or where they go. And he really made like my voice Fit what we were doing and the yeah. arrangement but we wanted to be respectful and give Sylvia that I, it was more for me the respect factor like I didn't want to copy anything with Sylvia right I just wanted to give her the respect of um being as sensual as she was because when I heard about the song I immediately googled it I saw her on Soul Train yeah, on oh, YouTube. Wow. And mm -hmm. she was the way she performed this track. That's why I was like, make sure people see the visual when they're listening to the song. Because 
the way she delivered the song on stage was so sensual at a point where it was almost uncomfortable for me to watch it because it was extremely, it was really sensual and sexy. And I, I happened to be watching it with my mom. I'm like, because my mom's like, oh yeah, I've heard that song before. And then I'm watching this video. I'm like, oh my God, like she's, you know, she's completely clothed. This really cool outfit, but like she freaking delivered that song. You know what I mean? And I, I wanted to do the same thing. And, but a little bit different, more in like my style, right? So by watching her brand and watch her watching her deliver that song and sing it on stage, that's yeah. the creativity I took for when I delivered the song in the studio. You know, you remind me a little of Sylvia in that, you know, you're both writers, producers, singers, business people, you know, and she she did so much more than you know just sing. You know, uh, you know her she record label was was so, so influential. Did you mm -hmm. kind of feel an, an affinity for her when you learned more about her background? Oh my god! The more research I did, and I just like, are you kidding me? This woman was amazing. Like this woman just took the business and just made it hers, and she just, she, you know, yeah, she went through a lot to get there um but the fact that she never gave up and the the strength and the persistence that she had behind what she believed in and that was pillow talk like she believed in this track so much when no label did that because she was a writer for other artists she was never really the artist but she wrote this song for a man named al green and they were like, the labels were like, no, it's too sensual for what's happening with the times or whatever. And she's like, nope, nope. She didn't take, she took nope. She didn't take no for an answer. She just, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it my way. So that's how that whole thing started. And then if you would never had Sugar Hill Records, you would have never had the Sugar Hill Gang, you know, it's like, like the, the, like rap music. Like she was like one of the first to believe in like rap music and to, bring an artist on her label and promote them and it, like it's like so much history there that the respect factor you have to give her the respect and i just hope more people especially in the hip-hop industry like know these stories or or want to know it's really important to like what we have now what's mm -hmm. evolved in that genre of music do you feel like you're starting to make your mark that, you know, you're going to be looked back on and, and there's going to be something historical about your career? I don't know that historical, but I can definitely, I would hope that I influence others, not necessarily to make music, but to not be afraid to go after what you believe in, what you desire, your passions, your goals. And know that anything's possible and you only have this one life to live so why aren't you doing exactly what you want and exactly what makes you happy and if you're not then you're not doing it right you have to analyze yourself constantly and say to yourself what am i doing am i happy what can i be doing better to make myself happy 
And the majority of the time, it's because they're not being honest with themselves. So I say, take risks, take chances, and be the best version of yourself, because that's when you're truly happy, and that's when you can make others happy as well. Well, you have so much momentum now. People are really noticing your music, your videos. Uh, how would you like to see the, the next 11 months of 2024 play out? I would, I would like to start touring more and to really get out there so I can embrace the people that, that like the music video, that like the music, and enjoy watching the characters. I mean, that's really going to be, I'm going to be in my happy place um, on stage, not just DJing, but really giving people the show that they deserve. I do it for them. And do you, and do you see AI creeping into your work more, whether it's the studio, the videos, your, I don't know, just your business software? How is your life going to change technologically this year? Um, I definitely, I think I want to keep kind of AI in my life with the visual because I'm so in love with like, and maybe add more, more of like, not necessarily the aliens, but the humanoid and the, um, maybe like half humanoid, half, like, like you see on the cover art. Um, I, I need to incorporate more of that because I just I just feel like that's the direction. It's going to get to a point where there will be no live shows. I think that people are going to be like, they can be like anywhere. And like, you'll be kind of like Star Trek where, <laughs> where you can kind of be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What did they do on Star Trek when they wanted to go from one place to another? Oh, the the transporter or whatever. I don't know what it was. Yeah, the transporter. Transport, like kind of transported into like this hologram type thing on stage. Interesting. It, I don't think people will even will even go to shows anymore. Like not twenty twenty four, but maybe five years from now. Everyone's so comfortable just being at home and getting everything delivered to them. It'll be pretty much, okay, let me just sign up for this concert and watch this this live. Or it might even get to a point where we put on those the uh, the goggles and it can be transferred right, right in your room, the performance, right? That's where it's going, definitely. That's where it's going. So if you had your choice this year, like you could be at, you know, a huge festival like Coachella or something in between or maybe even like, you know, a little dive bar somewhere, where would you most like to perform? Oh, boy. I would have to I really love the energy of, like, festivals that really embrace electronic music and artists. Um, you can be any type of genre, like at Coachella, and it's just, like, an embracement of, of music and, and, and unity. Um, it's like come as you are type attitude. Uh, so yeah, I, I really do like the festivals, not the not the huge, huge, huge festivals where all you really you never really see the performer. You just see the lights and the lasers and the and the smoke and the, it's all about this elaborate stage, right? For the festivals, so it'd have to be like a happy medium. <laughs> well, or what if you just went like incognito to Burning Man? 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is that kind of your vibe? That's totally my vibe. I could totally do that. I would love that. I would love that. That would be cool. See, when I see your videos, it makes me think, not, not at the actual Burning Man, but I just picture you doing like a video in a Burning Man kind of setting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's a good idea for the next release. I, I think you could nail that. That that seems so up your alley. Yeah. Mm, I like that. Thank you. Something to ponder. Well, hey, uh, this has been amazing. I, I want to give you the last word here. Uh, you know, this is so inspiring. You have, you have such a a cool message besides just the music. You're you're so positive, Nick. I, I'm just Thank curious. You. you know, Hollywood and LA and showbiz is tough. Uh, I just want your final words on how you stay so positive in this industry. Um, by like I like I said, I, I live a very simple life. People see um what they want to see and they think what they want to think about you and your life and you try to you, they they see when they look at you or listen to you they think that yo oh my gosh your life is so exciting you do that and yes you know life can be extremely exciting when you want it to want it to be but i personally love simpli- simplicity only because the rest of the world can be very uh, chaotic and a lot of the background noise can really affect you and who you are as a person. So to maintain um, simplicity, you can be by yourself and really like be more in your higher consciousness and and have gratitude for life, the things that you create, and the message that you're sending. And save the uh, the chaos for when you have to tour or be be around people that you're not necessarily are in the right mind. Um, so I'm not even sure if I'm answering your question properly. Um, but I just want people to know that it's not necessarily, it really do have to have gratitude for your life. The, the gifts that you are given every day and no matter what you can find, even if you have the worst day, you can find at the end of the day, something to be grateful for. And maintain that attitude to the universe, and you will give so much in return for that. Excellent. Well, I've been talking with Nick Eleven. The current single is Pillow Talk. Wow, approaching 100,000 views on YouTube. And I want everyone to go to Spotify, start streaming it like crazy, because I think we can push it to the 1 million mark before we know it. And hey, uh, you're you're just so inspiring. I know you're going to put out great stuff for the next year. And I really can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. This has been the Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes.